Navarra invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Ed Cavalier. With Richard Marsland on the buttons. Thank you, Guzzy. You can go now. Leave your invoice. And today, what about that bloke with the cat's tat gone wrong? We'll find out who else has got one. Richard, that Matthew McConaughey on your left butt cheek looks more like one of the banana splits. Steven Seagal to the rescue. We'll find out which movie captivated our listeners more than any other in 2007. Best phone topics ever. Copyright infringement of the year. New landmarks we simply have to have. We'll ask, what have you built? And do the council know? Tofog live in the studio. Joining us in hour two, Lawrence Mooney is here. He's double parked and ready to spill his guts. Bustin' caps in the mix. Tony'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. It's true, and it's all coming up on the only show that's recommended by your GP. Get this. Researchers say the long-term effects include insomnia, a suppressed appetite and stunted growth. Oh, oh, sorry, that's another one. Richard, quickly, play that harmonica. Oh, very good. Oh, man. <laughs> Can you do that noise works one? You, no, you, you're not supposed to talk when you play the harmonica. That's the works. Noise works, hot chilli woman. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Get This Around the Nation. You remember us, myself, Tony Martin. Captain of the rugby league team. How true it is. What we've, a turn up. <laughs> we've got Ed Cavalli. Captain of the debating team. Thank you. Another turn up. And, of course, pushing hey. the buttons, Richard Marsland. Very, very cool. Oh. Or should that be? Very, very not. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, Rich. <laughs> the old switcheroo. <laughs> Uh, how many days to go? Is this the eighth to last show? Eighth to last. Yes. Right. What bombshells have we got today? Have we got anything? Mr. Marsden, what have you done overnight? Surely, surely you've done something. I've increased my beard growage. Yeah. Uh, You're going to try... Are you beating up? Is it beard vember for you? It's Yeah, it's getting into... It's more just lazed timber. Um, <laughs> someone asked whether I was doing it for November. Certainly Sadly not. not. Yeah. Uh, you've got one of those beards that will never meet. This has been growing all year. Yeah, like you've got, there's this sort of ring around your chin. (laughs) It's as if you've permanently got a a cup held up to your mouth and there's a perfect ring around where no hair will ever grow. It's beautiful. Yes. It could be covered with a pacifier. Some very strange grey patches in there as well. A grown man with a beard and a pacifier is a good look. (laughs) We'll get to your strange patches, Richard Marsden, but people have been requesting things that even we don't remember doing. (laughs) Tell you who I'm a big fan of, your shebang, your Sydney. Oh, that's... Breakfast show on Quality Triple M. Show. You've got uh, Marty Sheargold. He's fantastic. The former Flashpot uh, speci- specialist. <laughs> Extraordinaire. And always pops up on a DVD. You get the McAuliffe uh, box <laughs> set DVD, yeah, which yeah. I did. McAuliffe in a box. Yes. Wonderful DVD. Yeah. There's Sheargold doing stand-up at the end of one of the episodes. Yeah. He's always... He's, really? He's, oh, he's good, for a, he's good for a mystery pop-up on a DVD. <laughs> if you watch the Thornbirds very closely, right? he's just on a paddle steamer in the background. <laughs> Is he just? Well, we'll check that out during the next song. And, of course, uh, Fief has been oh, in Fief from Box. time to time. Have we got something from the day Fief came in? <laughs> Fiefy Box is with us. Yes. The Cadbury chocolate purple. It yeah. belongs to them. Leave it alone. Yeah. What, the actual colour purple? Well, that's what they're trying to say. We own that <laughs> colour purple. And that uh, anyone else who tries to use it, we will sue them. And there was a court case with Daryl Lee, although Daryl Lee won. Listen to this. Cadbury does not own the colour purple and does not have an exclusive reputation in purple in connection with chocolate. Justice Peter Heary ruled. Uh, good work, Heary. <laughs> Another good decision. <laughs> Threw a mouthful of 
chocolate. <laughs> uh, Cadbury had claimed Daryl Lee's use of a purple with a striking and obvious likeness to Cadbury's had misled and deceived customers into buying Daryl Lee chocolate. Would you ever do that? Oh, hey, Daryl Lee's been around for uh, yeah. for years. I'd say most of last century. But the words Daryl Lee chocolates might be a suggestion that you're not buying Cadbury's, wouldn't it? Yeah, I totally. If you can read. Yes. If you can read, that right. is. So this is for people just wandering in the 7-Eleven. That's what I'm saying. Often uh, <laughs> just reaching for purple. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, Daryl Lee, I mean, have a few select stores around the country. Cadbury's. Yeah. I mean, every convenience store on every That's street right. corner. That's What's right. their problem? Well, they're obviously just getting heavy. They're sending <laughs> the heavies in. And so this is what I did. I thought I'll just sit in a booth all afternoon yesterday and call uh, businesses misusing their purple. Not try and fool them into thinking I'm anyone real. I was just putting on a shonky Cockney voice. And um, anyway, this is, uh, this is what happened when I called a shop called Purple Fashions. Hey. Good afternoon, Purple Fashion. Hello, my name's uh, Les Nougat. How are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm calling from uh, Cadbury Chocolates. You know our work? Yes. You've seen our chocolates in the shop? Yes. How would you describe the packet of your dairy milk chocolate? What colour is that then, love? Blue? No, you see, that's very nice. You're trying it on, but it's not blue, is it? It's purple. It's purple? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's a purple packet. And that purple is a registered trademark of my governor, Mr. Cadbury. All right? Okay. I just want to know if you've got permission to use our purple. Yeah, we are purple fashion. I'm well aware of that. I can see the sign, Dale. Every time I drive past, there it is staring me in the face. It's fashion. I know it's fashion. I'm not disputing that. It's the purple part I've got the trouble with, isn't it? What's it doing on there? That's a Cadbury purple. So what's that concern about? We're yeah. clamping down on people misusing the colour purple, haven't we? We've already called that bleeder, what's his name, Bloody Prince, in his new power generation. He's been pulling that bloody gaff for years. Mm-hmm. We're clamping down. Uh, but I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do because when we register our name, no one said anything, so... You realise you have made yourself a glass and a half of trouble? Okay. Right? Things are looking very dark. They're uh, looking very rum and raisin. I'm sorry, but I can't take this call because nothing I can do about it. By close of trading this afternoon, would it be possible for you to get out of front and replace all the purple signs in perhaps a nice mauve? No, but I mean, I, it's purple is the name of the store... And, I mean, purple has many different shades and... That's right. That's what I'm saying to you. Mm-hmm. Why can't you choose a slightly different shade of purple? One that's not going to confuse people. <laughs> See, at the moment, people are driving past. They mm-hmm. go, look at that, a fashion shop. Oh, hang on. I feel like a bit of Cadbury's chocolate. Yeah, no one have ever said that. Sorry. <laughs> you cannot tell me that you haven't had someone coming in there going, hmm, I'm feeling like a bit of nice dairy milk now. Have you no, got any of that there? Never, ever, ever. Not once. No one said that to, to us anyway. So You've I'm... not had Someone coming in, smacking their lips, yeah. going, Ooh, uh, yum, I'd like a nice bit of chocolate. What you I'm got? I'm sorry, I don't think that I should talk any further with you because it's very unreasonable. I know and, what you're doing. You're going to hang up and you're going to go and have a nice block of chocolate, <laughs> aren't you? Because you're thinking purple. You're working in that shop. You're taking in the vibes. You're going, oh, chocolatey. I'm going to co-op some of that nice chocolatey glass I, and I half goodness. I don't eat chocolate, sorry. So can I just ask, what is your name? Who am I uh, speaking to? Oh, uh, this is Chiquita. Chiquita? Yep. What, as in uh, Cadbury's Chiquita? <laughs> no. Do you no, have permission you... to be using that name, love? No, no, it's just my name. Bit of a coincidence, isn't it? Cadbury's Chiquita, Purple Fashions. We're going to be sending our lawyers down. They're going to have some words, all right? Okay, thank you. You're going to go and have some chocolate now, aren't you? No, we don't eat chocolate here. You can't get enough of the stuff, love, I know you. Very strange. <laughs> yeah, I see ya.
Quickly, Matchbox 20, get us out of here. Fucks in the chocolate industry. Those thugs. Let's see what our listeners have to say about them next. Or get this. It'd be Bashbox 20. Of course it would. How far have we come here? Get this around the nation on Triple M and Ed's working on a new segment. I think it's a new tantric sex segment. Samantra, oh. which he thinks the public wants to hear. Sorry, Ed Rich told me to do that. <laughs> it's all about... Uh, he wrote that out for me. Look, he wrote no, it out. I'm okay yeah. with that because it's, it's all about almost touching. You know what I mean, yeah, Rich? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. suggestion of touch is so much more alluring than actual touch. Shallow, 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 deep. What? I don't know. That's just Whoa. from the closing credits of Flirting with Disaster. Whoa. Get your finger, get your finger yeah. symbols ready. You, you can feel people racing to say that that's what it was at home. <laughs> Let's get on to safer ground. Let's get to the listeners. Let's get into the Get This Mailbag. Beautiful xylophone work, Cecilia. <laughs> She's looking confused. That is you, Cess. Just go along with me. What are people saying to you, Ick? I don't know if we've heard from Joe Downblouse before. Oh, we have. Well, he's really getting on to this, Tone. He what? really thinks that we need to be down at Stephen Seagal's house. Oh, yeah. In the kimonos, dressed <laughs> as Japanese schoolgirls, feeding him Indian muncher. Mm. That's a bit gay. I, 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 and Mr. Downblouse, I appreciate the correspondence. Yeah. But one a day, we're not going to do it, man. It's Indian snatcher, if you remember. It is snatcher. <laughs> not the way he says it. Much less offensive. Speaking not the way he says it. <laughs> speaking of Stephen Seagal, Cassandra Jackson, thank you for sending me a present. Look at this. I just had to get it for you when I saw it on eBay. Now when you do your grocery shopping, we w- you will know what the great Stephen Seagal or you will know that the great Stephen Seagal will be with you every step of the way. It's a shopping list with Stephen Seagal printed on every page. See, that's... and Oh, the hairline's pretty dodgy. (laughs) Yeah, that's mostly pencil, I think. (laughs) But that's very handy for a thing. Very, I mean, is it just... Is it already got items on there, Tone? No, I think it's more for things to do. Kick someone in the head. Avenge some justice. (laughs) Lecture Uh, them about the environment. Mark someone for death and then uh, (laughs) make sure I'm out of direct light (laughs) for most of it. Okay, that's beautiful and magnetic. Uh, The Nottingham Rally. Oh, beautiful and magnetic. That's a good phone topic. (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) Maybe for our three. Uh, Yes, that's right. There is a Save Get This rally happening in Nottingham, according to this bloke, Andrew Wells of Nottingham, England. Yeah. Uh, two hours of the show were uh, dedicated to the rally in Melbourne recently on your show. There was a fair bit about the rally in Sydney, mm. but nothing at all about the glorious rally in Nottingham. To be fair, it was just me in front of a local university radio station who have never even heard of Get This, but I was there bright and early between lectures wearing my tracksuit pants and with a USB key on the top of my head. Unfortunately, I do not own a cape, chanting all the Rex Hunt slogans I could remember. The rally took a break when security intervened, but to no avail <laughs> as I was to return three hours later with a single scallop purchased at the local supermarket. <laughs> I then proceeded to make a very public statement of throwing it onto the floor and stepping onto it violently once again to the general bemusement of the three or four people in the radio station. Not bad. Beautiful stuff. Now, there is one coming wow. up in uh, in London oh, as now, well. Oh, now, this is more than one person, I this think. This is more than one person. It's on the sizzle. Yeah. And I think it's on, yeah. it's on the sizzle at the moment. I think it's on for this weekend. So if you're in London or... or, or Want to fly there? Exactly. Yep. Take a you know take a plane. Probably the fastest way to get there. Don't get on a boat. You'll miss it by five and a half weeks. Get over to London. Look for the guys in the capes. They're probably with us. All they're nuts. Either way, get involved. Don't have the details because me MySpace won't load. Okay. <laughs> and just be careful because you know what the British police are like. No backpacks, anybody. Don't, oh, right. oh, yeah. Don't take them. Oh, oh. Here's something fruity. Oh. Uh, look at this. Um, 
have something sexy queued up. Mr. Oh, Johnson. man. I know you can do oh, it. man. Melinda Phelps <laughs> says, I just wanted to let you know, uh, guys know I played the comic strip game from the comedy issue of Zoo. What was that again, Rich? How did that work? That was where they got a comedian and ten women, and every time he made the women laugh, they had to remove a piece of clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. She's played this at home on her own while listening to a Get This podcast for research purposes. Fair enough. I lost all of my clothing in less than ten minutes. Uh. <laughs> Just thought I'd let you know. Cheers, Mel. There's no attachment. There's no, no, there's no right. Should there be an attachment with this, Nikki? How do we know you're telling the truth? <laughs> that could just be made up. Exactly. You <laughs> toy with us like that. Uh, what else are people saying? Something here. Oh, look. Uh, Jason Henley is sad to see the show go. Mm-hmm. He says, you really did make uh, Triple M worth a listen, even if Toto were regrettably involved. I love that, <laughs> regrettably. <laughs> He's mentioned Toto, so don't... Oh, oh please! Out of here. Richard. Out of here, you lot. Have a listen to this. Jeez, they're going on today. AB from New South Wales has come up with a playlist for our final show, Friday week. Love to listen hear it. Listen to this. Nickelback, Hinder, Kershaw, Howard Jones, Super <laughs> Tramp, Wigfield, LaBouche. Wow. That's seven in one hour. That's, that's more than we play in a week. Yeah. You, you forgot uh, Newton sometimes when we touch. <laughs> What about that? Scatman. Uh, yep, keep going. Paul, to- Paul Lukakis. Yeah, Paul good. Lukakis. Boom, boom, boom. You were going to say Toto. Oh, you? Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. MC Sarah and the Real McCoy. Another night. Why not? A great song. You seem a little bit too Another happy. night, another dream, but always you. We've all been there. Cecilia is leaving in disgust. Oh, no. Nikki's listening to another station. Let's have some music here and get this. Talking Heads Live, stop making sense. Oh, ouch. It's Get This Around the Nation on Triple M. And you were talking about Toto before. Yeah, I was talking about Toto. I'm glad you didn't bring the music. You better have a good reason for this, Rich. I don't want to be predictable. Why have you brought this up again? Okay, well, thank you to all the people who have emailed me this information. I don't think you guys are ready for this news. This is massive. MC Hammer's back. In March 2008, <laughs> the legendary Toto are returning for a rare and upfront national tour of Australia. Oh, fantastic. What are they going to do after Africa? They'll do on. Rosanna. Yes. They'll do Hold the Line. Hold the Line. They'll do Georgie Porgy. <laughs> <laughs> Have a song, I'll Be Over what? You. Yeah, and let me guess. Uh, 30 seconds into Georgie Porgy, they'll stop and they'll do Africa again. Okay. <laughs> Under a rain of hailing bottles. Does it say how many people are currently in Toto? Like, is there a, am I up for a, uh, yeah. can, I get a can I get a gig doing percussion it's one night? kind of like the witness protection scheme. <laughs> Pretty much. Don't worry, mate. We'll put you in a Toto for a couple of years. <laughs> Nobody will find you in there. <laughs> They've lost a couple of members along the way. Of course they have. Final tap style. Yeah. Um, well, there's an injury going on. Anyway, but performing all their hits, Pamela, I won't hold you back. Pamela? Bottom of your soul. Mm, you can't just write a few words. Like when they've gone, all right, Toto, we're going to go on a tour. No, no. All right, we'll do Africa. We'll do Hold the Line. What other songs we got? Oh, I just write any old crap down. Pamela. Yeah, there's a song called Pamela. Um, Probably. Uh, uh, coffee mug. That was one of ours. Uh, Pen. Cashing in. Do Uncle Cashing in. So, uh, yeah, get ahead of the rush. Tickets on sale from November 26. Or ticket. Uh, we'll Gee. go on sale very soon. <laughs> won't, they be, won't they be furious to discover they can't come on Get This to promote oh, it? Oh, man, they, that'll be really when they kicking get. the teeth. Look at those guys. Uh, what else? Oh, the Nissan Navara, the sponsor. Oh, what more can be said? 
I don't think I can say anything more about it. We've mentioned the gongs, the cornering yep. ability, the space, mm. the rugged good looks, mm, mm, mm. the pulling, range of colours, pulling power, of course. Absolutely right. Look, it's you know it's youth of the year with good reason. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you know, I just don't go and see Toto. <laughs> I hope that the Navara isn't getting too full of itself. Oh. I mean, it's got every reason to, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the other use, the lesser use, will turn on no, it. No, they no, will no. white hand it, Richard oh, yeah. Marsden style. Yes. Be careful, Navara. Thank you. Don't overplay your hand. Big hand though it may be. Very good. Very good warning, Tone. <laughs> very sensible. Glenn Robbins was in yesterday, probably for the Glenn final Robbins. time on Get This. Mm. He's great, Glenn Robbins. Here's a clip from when he was here, uh, I think this was last year. And we're talking about, you know, what is going to be the film, the Get This movie. You know, we know what our favourite movies are, your Spinal Tap, your With Nail and I, your okay. Midnight Runs. Yep. Mostly from the 80s. Mm. But... The audience seemed to have taken the short bus ball oh, yeah. and run with it. An amazing ball. It yeah, is it's too. a big fitness yeah. ball that you can do all kinds <laughs> of things on. Very oily. Yeah. We should point out we are not saying go and rent short bus. I am. Probably best not to. I'm saying that. Okay. I personally endorse. I wish I could get my little, little face, of my, my like little sticker of my face on the cover. Two thumbs up. <laughs> oh, Alan Jones style. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, Alan Jones recommends. <laughs> Might be me and Jonesy on there. We could do it together. From my toilet. Rally round the flag, boys. But look, uh, Glenn was here one day when you were talking about, I think somebody went on a date to see Short Buzz. I don't know. Just hit that button, Rich. What's your point? My point is it's quite a long bow to draw to say to go to the Short I think I thought it was quite a full-on thing to do. On a first date. On a first date. And we were out and we were at, at about uh, beforehand looking for a place to live. And I said, oh, I'm just going to get some dinner. And he kicked me out of the restaurant where I was trying to eat dinner because that's where he wanted to take the girl. And I see, said that it would be it would be embarrassing for him if I was sitting there eating pasta. I said I'll sit three tables away. I don't mind. And he said, No, I'm too nervous about the short bus. I can't have you sitting here. Kick me out. And now you've seen short bus twice, Ed. I've seen it twice. <laughs> Is it? You know. <laughs> now, let me ask you. Can, sorry, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Were you by yourself? When you no. Saw that film? First time I was. You saw it by yourself. Yeah. Were there a lot of men by themselves? There was. There's a lot of men together. Uh, and then a few men by themselves. And the second time? The, uh, two women. I, I went, yeah. With, with two women. girls. Yeah. And the answer to your next question is yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. But is it this John guy? I mean, you know, mm. I don't want to be crude about it, but mm. how'd he go? I don't know. Okay. I, I was up quite late. And, 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 uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. See, a friend of mine, home. she saw a short bus and she said, she? She, when she came out, she thought, I never want to have sex again. Why? Like it had the exact opposite effect. No. It was too much sex. No. Too much brightly lit real life sex. <laughs> it is brightly lit. Yeah, yeah. It is brightly lit. Extremely well shot, you know? <laughs> Let's see if we can clean up this program. Please, how can we do it? Pointless jobs, Tony. Here's, okay, we'll get to pointless jobs. Mm. Russell Crowe, would you say he has a pointless job? Well, yeah. Really? Well, acting's pretty pointless. Appearing in romantic comedies. Have you seen that one, Glenn? I haven't seen he's that film, no. I can't do it. Doing a Hugh Grant He's trying to get us to like him. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. He's sort of more suited to the moody dramas. Yeah. Well, Colin Farrell is a big fan. Oh, yeah. And this is what Colin Farrell said. He doesn't care if people don't like Russell Crowe in a good year. He says he'll see him in anything. This is a quote. I think Russell could get up, pull his pants down, take a shit, and you would still be completely blown away by it. If he was up a tree, that would, <laughs> that would be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn knows a bloke who does that from up a tree just for, to amuse his friends. But, you know, is that something you're going to see? I mean, okay, people will go and see Short Bus. Mm. Will they go, okay, it's a one-minute film, Russell Crowe <laughs> drops the pants. One minute. Punches one out. The credit. <laughs> roll the credits. Roll credits. Get uh, your speech ready. Music yeah. by Moby. Yeah, but the problem <laughs> is... 
there's no take two. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Once Russell, we're going to go again. Yeah. Can't. I haven't got another one in me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe that's just something Colin and Russell could just do together. <laughs> we all don't need to be subjected to it. Maybe they could just have their own little, you know, one-man show, one-man yeah. audience, standing ovation at the end of it. I saw uh, Little Miss Sunshine on the weekend. Oh, yes, yes. I love that. Mm. Yes. Fantastic ending. Mm. Yes. And, you know, I don't know. You haven't seen it yet, have no. you? No. I don't know if you'll I be like to. me because I know a bit about your family. Mm. I was actually sitting there looking <laughs> at the family in Little Miss Sunshine thinking, mm. I wish my family could function this well. <laughs> really? You know, when you're looking at the family from Little Miss Sunshine, Is enviously, <laughs> that's when you've got to have a look. It's <laughs> true. Hello to any relatives listening. Yeah. We'll be back uh, with something else. Oh, horse fluffing. That'll clean things Whoa. up. Next, I'll get this. Nice synth work, androids. Whole lot of love. Lots of lots of love to be precise here at Get This Around the Nation. That's right, you're spending your afternoon with the team from Get This. Holding women's underwear like trophies. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. One of the team is, of course, Ed Cavalier. Have a Hi. listen to this, Ed. Uh, oh, I see, Tone, whenever you say have a listen to this, Ed, and then pick up a bit of paper, <laughs> I go, oh, God. Either A, a family member, B, someone I used to date, or C, well... You know, where do you go? Where's C? I don't have any C's. The newspapers. The newspapers oh, have okay. contacted me. Now, we obviously go out in four cities, yes. so I'm mm. not going to say which city this is in because I don't want to embarrass uh, people too much. No. But uh, in one of the cities we go out in, the local newspaper is putting together a special issue of their 100 most influential people oh. in that city. And for some reason, they've decided that uh, myself and Ed, <laughs> obviously there's a whole <laughs> special issue. Hey, take that, Richard. That's cool. Take yeah, that. That's cool. Uh, need to be in the cultural section, even though we've just been sacked hey, somehow. No offence. No offence taken. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> Most influential out-of-work bums is, I think, <laughs> the issue. Can I say the first thing is it's a really good decision to leave Richard out. That's yeah. the first thing I'll say about this. Yeah. Go on, Tony. Yeah, you may not like this. They go, so this is the letter from the newspaper concern. Oh, yeah. And they say, we think that Tony Martin and Ed Carroll <laughs> are among the most influential people of the year. So influential, we don't know what his name is. <laughs> that's my Christmas name. Uh, when I go door to door doing Ding Dong Merrily on High. Oh, that's it, Carolee. <laughs> so you're Carolee in this paper, and then in the opposition paper in the same town, you're Cavallis. Ed Cavallis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe it's it, not me. Maybe you've got another bloke. Maybe you've got another Ed. Oh, I do do a show with Ed Carolee in the early hours of the morning. Like right. a bizarro world. But, Tom, what's our influence on, on culture? Like, what, what, I don't what, know. Uh, what are, Look at us. <laughs> look at us. Not fashion, that's for sure. <laughs> not. It's not fitness. Well, not in me and Richard's case. Mm. Um, but, hey, there's good news for you, Ed Cavallis, because one of our listeners, uh, Matt Robinson, watched Shandon Pictures. Oh, yeah. Look, it's hard to find. <laughs> It is, Tone. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. It's on one of your Foxtel channels, the movie Extra Network, is yeah, it? Yeah, you've got to have the real whiz-bang package. Even the Dude Ranch, you know, my house, we don't even have that. And mm. we've got, you know, we've got Polish news up the wazoo. Oh, right we up the gooner as well. <laughs> <laughs> Through the undercrackers, but we can't get we can't get any of that action. But Okay, what is Shandon Pictures? It's an eight-part comedy series uh, co-written, or no, written. Ri- written by and co-directed by our friend Rob Carlton, who yes. also plays the lead. And then it's shandonpictures.com.au. I think is yeah. it, or go to the Movie Network uh, website and you can download the first episode. Brilliant. My Good Self in it with Guzzy Sampson. Yeah, now, I've watched the whole series. It's bloody good. It's yeah, no, fantastic. It's and it's, it's fantastic. it develops over the... It's not just like reset to zero at no. the beginning of every episode. It's actually a story and the characters get more complex as it goes along. Well done, all involved. It's got one of them story arcs and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, one of them. 
Uh, anyway, this bloke's well, watching it. Character development and that. Yeah. He's saying uh, the acting by the young Cavalry was dizzy stuff. Although was yeah. a, there was a lack of meat mincer action that I've come <laughs> to expect from the acting mastermind. Uh, also, a lack of Turkish grip work. I can't read out the rest of that. Yeah, that is. The only uh, word I can read out from the whole rest of the paragraph is assault. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. But uh, no, good work all. Thank you. But you know, let's stop talking about movies and TV yeah, yeah, and popular culture. It's not our strong suit. No, it's not. Sport is where we live. That's where I'm happy. Sport and music is where yeah, we live. Absolutely. And of course, nobody knows more about horse racing mm. than us lot here at Get This. Mm. And uh, Tony Wilson, our respected author, he pops in from time to time. Horse racing—that one's got me baffled. hard to come at. Yeah. Well, today, if you're watching the races, it is the best five minutes of television for the year. Mm. When the little men, the little men, the angry little men in their silks, are angry, <laughs> aren't they? When they head towards the scales, <laughs> carrying their saddles, only one of them's happy. So that means that 23 of them yeah. are a little bit angry, Lost. and they uh, give their excuse as to why they haven't won the Melbourne Cup. Ah. And that is, in my opinion, any- the best three minutes of television for the year. <laughs> Is there when they say, no, they, they just go along one by one and say, nah, didn't get the 3,200. And then they go on to the next <laughs> one and say, yeah, never got out, never really had a chance. <laughs> but it's never, ever their fault. Yeah. It's uh, never mate. like, oh, yeah, stuffed up the ride entirely, didn't get the jump, you know, I should have probably been in better position. It's never that. It's no, just, no. yeah, yeah, not good enough. You never went on with it. Yes. You know, it's just a fantastic uh, succession of high-pitched, angry little men <laughs> who are about to go off to get their bourbons excuses. and cakes. <laughs> Someone nipped a piano accordion on the course. <laughs> <laughs> just great excuses. There's so much disturbing gear. Have you seen the horse mating? Have you seen that? What? Oh, the preparation. Oh, in the office? Or? Yeah, no, on YouTube. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> YouTube. No, it's a Sunday program, Serious Current Affairs. Have you seen that? Yes. What oh, do they do? They're there's just, big teams around for that. Well, they just go to the break, and now uh, <laughs> when we come back, more Do you know there were fluffer horses? They, that's what? I am... Tony what? is not joking. Listen to this from the Sunday program. A stallion with such a workload cannot be expected workload. to hang around waiting for his intended to be ready. Enter Stickman, the teaser or fluffer. A pony whose entire role is that preparation. Ten seconds into his act, he's rudely interrupted and sent back to his stall. They remain possibly the most frustrated horses in the industry. As angry as the jockeys for those fluffer horses. <laughs> the fluffer horses? Stick man. They're sent in to just get things started. What? Like he's a real like he's a real smooth talker, rolls in with a cravat, you know, a glass of brandy, <laughs> busts out some really good gear, and then gets ushered away. Yeah. No, I had friends that used to, uh, they used to, you know, I used to get angry because I'd have go and meet the girl and then oh, they'd come, yeah. like, the good looking friend coming yeah, over yeah, the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're a fluffer. You're a barroom, <laughs> you're a barroom fluffer, Wilson. <laughs> I had no idea. That's what I always said. A barroom <laughs> fluffer. I, want that, I, want I think be, I am as well. I want that to be <laughs> Shannon Knowles next hit, by the way. Barroom fluffer. She has just realised that he is himself. <laughs> I think I'm a barroom fluffer. I think well. you might be for the Bachelor of the Year. Etc. Etc. Et uh, but then the actual horse, oh, yeah. the proper one, comes in and have a listen <laughs> to this. Now for the star attraction. The stallion in full throttle enters the arena. Today, the aptly named Rock of Gibraltar, former world champion, winner of seven consecutive Group 1 races, his target secured, swabbed, prepared and primed, as nervous as a bride on her wedding day awaits. <laughs> Stallion mounts and with so much investment at stake, there is no room for error. As many as five stallion handlers are at the ready to ensure nothing goes awry in this manufactured twist. These 
Guided home by hand to ensure no wastage of, in this case, approximately $80,000 of liquid gold. <laughs> the Barry White. Just leave the horse alone. I've got someone else coming in first. Somebody's guided home by hand. Just give me some privacy. Guided home by hand. Five people. It takes five people to guide him home by hand. We are running so late. Hang on a second. No, no, wait, Tony. This show needs guiding home no, by hand. Listen, man. How, like, you when you're a youngster and you want to mm. get involved in the horse racing industry, mm. how do you end up being the stallion guider? Yeah. That can't be a job. It's like that thing that you use for snooker. You know, what's <laughs> the that? Stick. The spider. The, the, the spider. spider. <laughs> Basically, you're the human version of the spider. Oh, my God. <laughs> for the stallion of the year. That's disgusting. That's very poor work. It's early on in your vet degree, I think, <laughs> you do that one. <laughs> Please, get us out of here, Mr. Marslin. Here's the Hoodoo Gurus. Talk about next. I'll get this at Triple M. No, it's not wash my jeans, Ed Cavalli. It's the Hoodoo Gurus. What my scene here? I just didn't bother with the letter S. We don't have time for it today. <laughs> yeah. Because we're running late as usual. Let's get straight up. Talkback Mountain. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pete Warburton of Victoria, for requesting that theme Great from Matty job, D. Man. We're up there. What is our topic today? Talking, what have you built? Tone. What have you built from scratch yourself? Absolutely right. Now, this is why we're doing it. Look at this. Time for Melbourne to stump up. In one of the newspapers today, it says that Melbourne's a, a, a growing city, perhaps the fastest growing capital city in Australia. Mm. Oh, okay. Problem being, yes. no monuments. No monuments. It says here, look, Sydney's got two monuments that are, are the envy of the world, the Sydney mm. Harbour, you know, the Opera House yeah. uh, and your bridge. Rome's got the Coliseum, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then locally in Australia, mm. Adelaide's got Veal Gardens, uh, <laughs> the, the 500 metres of new tram track, the Adelaide Oval and plenty of shallow bush graves to go around. <laughs> Brisbane has the Story Bridge and the birthplace of Sam Bacco. Now, Melbourne doesn't have... But, but I what, think monuments, there's the, the monument to Galen from Big Brother. Oh, that's very true. Yes, I think that's going up. Yeah, I think it's just a gutter. Uh, and, uh, and he's in there, which is nice, <laughs> doing daily appearances. But here's the thing. Now, they're going to try and... So you know now they're going to be like, oh, what's going to be our landmark? And they're going to try and spend heaps of cash or turn something that's kind of not landmarky into a landmark yeah, like right, cafes right. and stuff like that. Right. That's not the way to go. What? We've got a landmark at our house. Look at this. The toilet that we built... Oh, you're the illegal toilet. Now, we've already had plumbers call us up mm -hmm. and say... That you know, you should expect a visit from the council. Well, he's, a, he's and a, possibly the police. Here's an email from Doe Chabag. Yep, yep. Uh, and he says that Ed's dodgy toilet taints <laughs> Melbourne's water supply, <laughs> which is lovely. It's diminishing water supply. But what it's doing, Tone, is it's dragging the kids in. People want to see the toilet. Yeah. So what we do you build. Mean? What people? <laughs> it's just locals. What people are booking through Ticketmaster. <laughs> yeah, locals. To Lo go to Ed Kevley's house. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Heard you've got a toilet. <laughs> Yes, we do. <laughs> Come out here to the shed. Come and hang out for a bit. Yeah. Do you want a West Coast cooler? That kind of gear. So this is so. What have you, so we've built the toilet from scratch, and it's it's dragging people in. I want to know what have you built? What have you built, listeners? What have you built, Tony Martin? I haven't built anything since I was a kid. I don't think. I tell you what, I built when I was a kid the world's longest slide made out of fridge box cardboard. Pretty good. Because uh, my stepdad had a fridge shop, mm -hmm. and he would bring the old fridge boxes home. How long ones. was it? It was. I reckon probably nearly a block in length. Oh, my. That's really good. So you get all of the fridge boxes, you, you cut them down yeah, one yeah, side, yeah. You, so they're flat, flat now, yeah, yeah. and then you, I think it's the shiny side up, 
and then you, yeah, I can hear Lawrence Mooney in the yeah. background, <laughs> Ooh. Giving, making sounds that suggest this isn't going to be structurally sound. Okay, so but and how, then you you uh, use tent pegs yeah. to peg them to the side of a hill. How do you join them up though? Because in the join, your ass will drag on the ground. Well, no, you just overlap. So overlap, barrel of monkey style down overlap. the hill. <laughs> and you know, once you start doing it, you go, "Well, this could go for this could be a freeway basically <laughs> down the side of the hill." You've got something you can't see the bottom of, and then you get you know one single strip of fridge box. That's the toboggan, oh, and down you go. How was it? Oh, it was Jackass Three. Oh man, injuries. Talk about injuries. <laughs> oh, people got a week off school, just covered in carpet burns, and of course. Holes that have been ripped in them by the tent pigs. Well, that still sticking out. <laughs> of necessary the evil tone. Necessary evil. Richard Marzaland. And I think the idea was that when you got to the bottom, you were supposed to have built up enough speed that you would knock over the tower of stolen uh, shopping trolleys <laughs> wow. and milk crates. Oh, the whole thing was ill-conceived. Boxes of chickens. Very Fantastic. few survivors. Yes. <laughs> a, a friend of mine, when he was moving out of his place that he was renting, you know that that, that question that everyone asks themselves when they're moving out of a place that you're renting. What, Should I trash the joint? What can we steal? Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, okay, light globes, yeah. garden hoses, that kind of thing. I'm already looking at some stuff around here. <laughs> yeah, that Green Day standee will be mine. <laughs> Friend of mine had his eye on the extra tool shed that's in the backyard because oh, yeah, okay. there was three of them and he thought that maybe the landlord wouldn't notice if one just goes missing. <laughs> We took that baby down, took it to the other house, assembled it, but we forgot that the backside of the tool shed mm-hmm. is actually up against the fence, which yeah. provided a fourth wall. Yeah. So really, we just have a tool shed that's just like an open... It's basically like a proscenium arch. Oh, beautiful. So if we ever put any sort of, you know, backyard presentation right. on... Maybe some stand-up comedy, maybe a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of live theatre. And the tool shed is, shed is the perfect place. To live from the stolen tool shed. Why would someone have three tool sheds? That's just suspicious. That's just human skin suit country. Sure. One for tool. One for meth. I don't know what you used the third one for. One Spare meth. <laughs> call oh, us a toilet. now. Yes, a toilet, like my house. Thank you, Nikki. Please call us now. What Tell have us, you built? What have you built yourself with your own hands on the end of your own arms? One triple three five three. That's the plain white tees. Hey there, Delilah. It's Get This. We're up Talkback Mountain. And in tribute to the early Get This, uh, we're running disgracefully late. <laughs> Who's on the line with something they've built, Ed Cavalier? Hi, Sue. Hi, how are you? Excellent. What have you built? Um, well, I think my parents probably should have known better, but I actually wanted a couple of rabbits when I was 10 years old, mm-hmm. and they actually said to me, if you want to keep them, you can build yourself a rabbit hutch. Mm-hmm. So I did. I built it out of polystyrene boxes, <laughs> and I painted it. Yes. And the next morning, um, I didn't have much of a rabbit cage left, and I had two dead rabbits. Oh, two Beautiful. dead rabbits. It's a touching story. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the ABC is making a, a kids' television series out of that story, I aren't think, they, Sue? Isn't that new prison they're building down in Melbourne? Isn't that made out of polystyrene? <laughs> they won't get out of that. <laughs> it's going to end badly. Thank you, Sue. Well done. Thank G'day, you. G'day, Peter. How are you? Yeah, good, good. What, did you, what have you built, mate? Well, when I was at school, primary school in grade three, I built myself a gun. Um, oh, took wow. it to school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it didn't go over too well because it wasn't your ordinary gun. It was made out of a bit of 4B2. We'd got from an offcut from the house that we were renovating. Yes. And I'd used one of those rails from the uh, the old-fashioned drying cabinets as a barrel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was about four feet long, and it had a faux ammunition belt, <laughs> a big upside-down V on the front underneath. Anyway, the long and the short it was, I took it to school, and the principal said, you can't bring that monstrosity to school. It's mm. too big. Mm. <laughs> Smaller well, guns, please, kids. <laughs> Smaller guns. That's right. Obviously, the uh, replica Colt 45 I had in my pocket was all right. Um, <laughs> That's fine. So, <laughs> Good well, on you, Peter. You know, this was an earlier time. You know, mm. when we were younger, taking guns to school was just a bit of fun. A was it? Drink was a bit of fun, yeah. And smoking and <laughs> domestic violence. Drink driving. Part of the Australian way back in those days. Thanks, Peter. Good to talk okay. to you. A gun at school.
Who else has built something? G'day, Prue. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Excellent. What have you built? Well, when I was a kid, my dad built me a mezzanine level in my bedroom. <laughs> was it, uh... <laughs> Are we talking just a couple of milk crates with a plank of wood? No, no, it was, it was like full on made out of um, fencing timber. And how big is the bedroom? Well, <laughs> it was about 10 foot high, but it still meant that when you woke up in the morning, you hit your head on it. <laughs> yeah, and head on the mezzanine. And Prue, what, yeah. were, you, what were you doing on your mezzanine? Entertaining well, ambassadors? I had all, like, and... nerd items up there, you know, like videos and so you really Star Wars say figures. Mezzanine, you just mean shelf, really, don't you? No, it was like, really, it was, <laughs> it was another world up there, Tony. <laughs> another world. I love how <laughs> And my first attempt to climb it, like, he built a ladder for it as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. My first attempt to climb it and it's like the ladder has completely fallen to the ground. You didn't nail it on. Yeah, shouldn't have made a polystyrene ladder. That's probably your problem. Uh, well, that's an amazing coincidence because when Ed uh, was a youngster, I understand his dad uh, made a food court in his bedroom. Absolutely right, yeah. Just uh, on my uh, on my request. <laughs> 13 different kebab shops. Brought in a number of families, set them up and away they went. One more builder, please, Ed. G'day, Bronwyn. How are you? Bronwyn? Builder Bronwyn. 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 Come on. Oh, Bronwyn's gone. She's She's built a wall of silence on national radio (laughs) all by herself. She's off to make a mezzanine. Well, thank you, builders. Great work. Mm. Uh, The permits will be coming through. Mm. And uh, we're going to talk to someone in the next hour who's been a big contributor over two years. Sometimes he's a comedian. Sometimes he's a cabbie. (laughs) It's Lawrence Mooney. Get this. Gretel Colleen describing them as not externally stunning. Brought to you by Nissan Navara. Huge pulling power. Cause I can if I don't because I wanna Your Spring Carnival Connection Be ignored by the step and the board Because I'm gonna Is that over now, Richard, the Spring Carnival? I believe it is, is it not? The Melbourne Cup, surely we're due for another one, surely any yeah, when's a greyhound? I don't know. Who's who's that? Jazzing it up. It's Lawrence Mooney. Hey, it's very nice to be in here. Oh, it might be the last time we get to see you on this show, Lawrence. Um, and uh, I hope it's not the last time that I whiff the Glen 20 deodorised mouthpiece here. Have a here? smell of that. that the- That's a little bit Glen 20 on the mouthpiece here. At Triple M. Who's done that? Because uh, Glenn Robbins was in yesterday. Maybe. Right. He maybe brings in his own Glenn 20. Yeah, so his own Glenn Robbins Can 20. Can I uh, first of all say that I was um, uh, really sad to hear that you guys are going oh, off thanks, Triple M thanks, for a moment and then my comedic self-interest kicked in and I started <laughs> pitching shows to Triple M in your time slot. <laughs> and uh, I've come up with some great ideas. Let's uh, hear them. Come on. Uh, the first one, I said, what about a show called Get That? Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get... Get uh, Tony Martin from Wildside, oh, yeah, yeah, Ed good. Phillips, so not much changes, <laughs> and uh, I'm driving the whole Richard thing. Wilkins. <laughs> uh, Richard Wilkins hey, behind yes, the desk. So <laughs> Richard, Tony Martin and Ed, and, uh, and me permanently, and oh, they went, mate. we love it. We love it. Yeah, what did you give them in the way of content, though? What did you say you were going to be talking about? Uh, I said we'll be talking a lot about what happens in Dolly Magazine. Uh, And on Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, well... That's pretty much it. (laughs) You're out of the blocks, Lawrence. (laughs) You are out of the blocks. And, hey, you've joined us on a good day because, obviously, we want to uh, find out what you've been up to, but also bad tats. Seen this bloke with the Geelong tattoo? Mm. I've got tats. Okay. Have you got any that have been misspelt? No, uh, no spelling on mine, no writing, just pictures. <laughs> if you do add tats, don't you, Eddie? No, I can't decide what to get, Tony. Right, really? Mm. I got uh, the, the symbol of Liverpool, because my parents are from Liverpool, oh, yeah, not the yep. football club, yep. and the family tree. I've got the family emblem. Oh, see, uh, that's, that's why Ed is putting on so much weight, so that he can accommodate his own family Absolutely. tree. 
And right. they're on my back and the hair comes through them. So they now look quite weird and sometimes pimples grow on them too. Yes. Oh, they, <laughs> welcome to Cape Fear with Boris Foodie. Okay, we're talking tats gone wrong. We're also having a sing-along and I believe, uh, what have you seen? There's a lot to fit in in this hour of Get This. Thank you, Oils. It's Get This. It's the second hour on Triple M, brought to you by the Nissan Navaris. And fake applause, please, for Mr. Lawrence Mooney, Thank our, you guest, very much. our guest. And he was uh, particularly interested, Ed, when we were talking during Talkback Mountain about your illegal toilet. So let's, let, mm. let's drop the word illegal. <laughs> and now, you're a great advocate of the, uh, the well, let's say, non-sanctioned toilet. Thank you. Uh, and uh, there's been a terrible upheaval uh, in Arnhem Land. There's been oh, a uh, because of uh, the Howard's government's initiative to to intervene in uh, Arnhem Land. A lot of people yeah. have been going in there. They maybe are a bit insensitive to uh, the indigenous right, rights right. of people. Are you saying and that's me? Uh, maybe, but <laughs> okay. I'm just saying that you might be part of this lobby because what's been found. I don't know whether you're watching the news a couple of nights ago. Not last night, the night before. Mm. There's been a pit toilet dug on a sacred site. Oh dear! Now this is no sac- just ordinary sacred site. People come from the Tiwi Islands and other islands in the Torres Strait. They come from Barralula and all around Arnhem Land travel hundreds of kilometres to this particular site mm. and they've come there and they've found a dunny on it. Right, And, right. Uh, I mean, the Can metaphor is very rich about white Australia's <laughs> treatment of Aborigines, but there you go. And, uh, and Hang on a second, Lawrence. I know there's a lot of problems up the toilet, up the territory, but I didn't think... Up the toilet. Uh, up the toilet territory. But, I mean, I didn't think that... <laughs> I didn't think that a lack of somewhere to go to the toilet was a problem. I know. There's, uh, there's plenty of space, isn't there? There's plenty of trees, but they have inadvertently put it on a sacred site. Just, and yeah, right. so it's created tr- tremendous upheaval. Okay. There was a small Mohican ceremony going on when I put the toilet in. I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> if I was being insensitive, then I'm sorry. Mohican. Well, it's interesting that uh, I don't think that that's a traditional tribe Mohican. of your Australian Aboriginal. <laughs> I drive a Jeep Cherokee, actually. Oh, do you? And I've often thought to myself, when are Holden going to come out with the equivalent? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Holden Wurundjeri. Yeah, the Navajo. (laughs) New from Holden, the Wurundjeri. It knows this land like the back of its hand. Not bad. (laughs) If you're a real Australian, hop into a Wurundjeri. Anyway, uh, (laughs) everyone's just going, I don't know about that. Uh, You call it comedy. Some people might not. Come uh, on, Lawrence. (laughs) Come on, we've seen that show. When you were here last time, you were talking about the last comic standing. Mm. How did that end up? That ended up with the guy from North Carolina winning. Uh, his name's John Reap. Right. And uh, he was... Uh, what was he doing right that you weren't? Well, interestingly enough, I looked at it in retrospect as a casting exercise and I thought, they're going to have a large black guy and a black woman and yes. a white woman and there was a couple of white guys around about my age and ilk and he was one of them and I thought, it's you and it's me and a few others playing off against one another for the white guy posse. Right, so it's a bit of a United Colours of Benetton approach to comedy. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, it's a casting exercise and uh, what I thought he was doing right was uh, American. Americans really, stand-up comedians, talk about their families a lot. And he he had a lot of anecdote about his family rather than the, you know, larger observational stuff. And do you not take that approach? Well, I do, but I didn't in that particular (laughs) semi-final, which I've learned from. Lessons to be learned. But he had uh, real charm too, and uh, he's a worthy winner. I'm I'm very glad for him. I always love to ask comedians this. How do you go with doing material about your family? Uh, Do you wait till... You know, they're not in town. Do they find out what you're saying about them? My mum's never been to see one of my gigs, Tony. Really? So uh, she is the butt of all of my oh, jokes. Wow. No, she uh, she comes and sees me if I do a comedy festival show. Oh, but yeah. she won't come to a public house. No, really? Because they're common. 
Yeah, that's, uh, that's, and that's quote unquote too, a public house. Isn't it nice that someone calls a shitty bar a public house? <laughs> An ale house. What about uh, notes? Yes, she's a big breasted woman. Yeah, and she uh, dresses, she, yeah, massive norks, my mum. Really? Uh, really? What am I saying? <laughs> See, it's get this, the show that makes people say things like that. Well, I've always been obsessed with breasts and it's got to come from somewhere, this doesn't is, it? Now we're getting somewhere. Lie down. Okay. On the couch, But Lauren. does your mother, like, give you... What sort of comments do you get? What sort of reviews when she does see one of your shows? This kind of thing. She goes, well, I thought it was very good, but Bing Crosby and Groucho Marx didn't need to swear. <laughs> Apparently... I like, yeah, Jesus, they've never played the Epping Cricket Club, Mum, you know. <laughs> they had writers. It was a very, you know, genteel time in yes. the 30s and 40s. I think uh, any interview with Bing Crosby's children will suggest that your mother is wrong. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, that's, uh, let's get Lawrence out of trouble. Let's have some music. And next up, oh, Ooh, right. more music. Yeah, yeah. But in a good way on Get This. All this feels strange and untrue And I won't waste a minute without you no, there is no volume control in the studio. Lawrence Mooney, our guest co-host for this hour around the nation. I'll get this on Triple M where we're uh, packing everything into the back of the van in about a week and a half's time and uh, just reviewing some of the cult figures. Like when you, do you have a cult figure, uh, Lawrence, someone who you look for in the paper, you go, is that bloke in the news again? Uh, you know, Warwick Capper or mm. your Ben Cousins or someone who... Good question. If I open the paper and I see a Tom Cruise article, I have to read it. Are yeah, you fascinated? So fascinated. What are your, you know, off-the-record theories about Tom Cruise? Well, uh, my off-the-record theories are that L. Ron Hubbard yeah. made Tom Cruise. Wow. Oh, okay. Uh, in a volcano, perhaps. No, he made him in uh, the shed out the back. Uh, he had three sheds, L. Ron Hubbard, <laughs> and uh, he had the blueprint there, and he and he thought, you know, I, I need somebody to represent my religion. Yeah, right. And uh, I'll give him a quirky-looking nose, oh, okay. and I'll give him a smile and this great athletic physique. I'll call him Tom Cruise. Doesn't that? <laughs> sound good wow. and I give him some nice floppy hair and then he finished Tom Cruise he built him on the bench and he lifted him up the day and there was oh <laughs> and right. he put him on the ground and he went oh I thought he'd be bigger than that <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey bada boom um, and, uh, but Tom yeah I am fascinated with Tom because I'd like to meet him I'd like to see how little he is oh, but I reckon that you'd love <laughs> him because when you meet famous people and they are little you go oh, they are so that, tiny. you're not that good did you know who was in the next studio Natalie Bassingthwaite who despite oh, yeah. having an enormous name you could just pick her up with one hand. Like, really? Yeah, Tiny? Lovely. I'm not saying not lovely. It's small. But very small. Yeah. Also, uh, Russ. I always like to read about Russ. Is Russ really small? No, Russ no, isn't Russ small. Is he's he's uh, okay, pardon me. I, I totally give him complete cred because he's probably big. Okay. And also, there's, there's always <laughs> the chances of... Um, you know, a violence or eating disorder or, or something wrong or, or a, a song, song. <laughs> or flannelette shirt. There's something about Russ. Or I heard a great joke, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, please. Um, by... Cue <laughs> yeah, up something, yeah, Mr. Marsland, yeah, yeah. if you could. Cool. Uh, I heard a great joke by an, an Adelaide comedian by the name of uh, Jerry... Um, uh, anyway, uh, his surname will come back to me, yeah. and maybe I, I should say, forgive me, Jerry, for telling this joke, but I just love it so okay, much. Okay, we will credit Jerry correctly at the end of the program. Um, 
Jerry Massey, that's his name. Okay, Jerry oh, yeah, Massey yeah, says. Right. Have you have you seen Jerry? He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, he said, I, uh, I went for an audition the other day and the guy said to me, you know, what kind of an actor are you? And he said, I'm a kind of a cross between Mel Gibson and, and uh, Russell Crowe. And he goes, Mel Gibson and Russell Crowe? God, I'd like to see that. So I, throw a, so I threw a phone at a Jew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think... So. I think it's a great joke. Well, <laughs> mildly offensive. You've yeah. mentioned to people uh, uh, who own phones. So many of our favourites you've just mentioned over the last two years, Mr. Marsden, who are we leaving out? Ed, oh. can you think of Heffernan anybody? and Halali? Heffernan and Halali. The the, uh, the homemade cop. What you're looking for is a boot in the ass. Yeah, that Tony Bullimore. Tony Bullimore driving into jetties all uh, over the world. Bullimore is a man that I really lost sympathy and patience with. <laughs> 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 I, I never, I never liked Bullimore. I thought the rescue was great and that he survived. But he's, he's very cockroach-esque, isn't he? <laughs> he's always going to survive, Paulie Moore. He's back for more. And, you know, they went back to his home in the north of England. His family were there. Like, Ooh, what, what, what's Tony been up to? Has he died again? Let's have yeah. a look at the footage and have a few cheap laughs. Yeah. Uh, somebody who people love to hear about uh, is Jihad Jack. Mm. Oh, yeah. And Nick Hurst says, can we please play our musical salute to Jihad Jack? One final time. Have you got it there, Rich? They call him Jihad Jack. <laughs> Who knows when he will launch a sneaky attack? <laughs> Come on, his facial hair, it's quite suspicious. A beard with no tash. I think you know what I mean. He's Islamic and that, or something like that. I'm sorry, haven't quite got all the facts. They call him Jihad Jack. <laughs> I hear apparently he trained at some camp And something else about his wife is said that they've never met I mean, how suspicious is that? He should have gone to NIDA, not Al-Qaeda Also I read somewhere life's sweet Yeah, now the Jihad Jack is off the street <laughs> Life is sweet, now Jihad Jack is off the street There's a smile on the face of everybody that you meet I've gone and got myself a great big plasma screen So thanks for that <laughs> Jihad Jack Life is sweet, now Jihad Jack is off the street Got more sandwiches than I could ever eat <laughs> And a table tennis table that's concrete So thanks for that Jihad Jack! Hooray for Jihad Jack! Let's hope Osama never smuggles him back. You know, somehow I think we've grown to love him, despite all the facts like him meeting that bloke with the teeth. He's deadly as hell, but cuddly as well. Trotting through the car park in his manacles. Hey, check out Jihad Jack! I think he's gonna get his life back on track He needs to go back to the life he had But with less jihad Maybe take up guitar Keep your head down and then Call Harry M He'll tell you what to say and when And then you go on dancing with the stars it's as simple as that. Bad tats are next on, get this, on Triple M. Oh, it's the flowers. Mm. Or possibly Ice House. They can't help themselves. Mm.
That's the flowers. Can't help myself here. Get this on Triple M, brought to you by the Nissan Navara with its huge pulling power. Lawrence Mooney is here. Yes. Uh, and uh, may I congratulate you on your pulling power too, oh, Tony Martin. Thanks very much. Thank Because uh, I've always, I've heard that it's great <laughs> and uh, I've felt that it's even better. And of course, I'm complimented by my own rugged good looks. I've That's got a, a dirty time. secret. For many years, I've pursued uh, the art of the actor and while I was at drama school, I, I got perverted into the world of uh, stand-up comedy. Yes, so, true, yeah. Yeah. I've pretended to be a comedian, but what I've always really wanted to be is a game show host. Oh, a game yeah, show yeah, yeah. host. And uh, I even took a fatwa out against myself at drama school with a <laughs> crazy Lebanese actor by the name of John Nasser. And I said, right. if I ever become a, a game show host, you've got to come around and shoot me. He said, you didn't have to tell me that. Oh, wow. <laughs> but now I really want to be one. Oh, so you need to contact him and, and maybe uh, call oh, that no, off. I need to call it off. <laughs> but I've, uh, for such a long time, I've played game shows at yep. home in yep. the privacy of my own oh, the home dirty version. secret. Yep, yep. And uh, <laughs> and I've loved, I love the, the whole idea of dancing out in a suit to yep. play a game with the people, but also fun. to get t- to kiss a beautiful assistant. Sure. Mm, and then true. some awkward, uh, awkward banter for about a minute. Some awkward banter. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, talk about the prizes a bit later on. Mm. And then I mean, do it three or four or five more times in the same afternoon so mm. they can be shown over one week. That's right. So you record your five shows, <laughs> yeah. you know, in a day and then the rest of the week yourself. Game show host is the best job in the world. Which game sure. show? Um, I, I actually, before Ed... Uh, Phillips got uh, Sale of the Century or mm. The Temptation. Mm. I was uh, I auditioned for that because oh, I saw myself as a, a latter day Tony you Barber, great, I think, bouncing I out there. And because if I, you were giving away a ride on mower, I reckon I'd really want it. You know, I, mean, say, I reckon you could really sell that to me. I would say to you, Ed, this ride on mower mm-hmm. is yours for six dollars. What kid wouldn't love a ride on mower? Doesn't matter if you live in a flat. Drive it to the shops. No, I'll take it. I'll take, take it. it. <laughs> He's got it. And I just, uh, mm. I, I love the idea well, of being work a, on a game show. Channel 9, I mean, sure. Yeah, well, Eddie gets all the jobs at Channel 9 uh, hosting, you know, uh, one to a hundred and yeah. multi-millionaire and stuff. Yeah, it's just yeah. not fair. Ooh. He lets me wash his car occasionally. That's nice. But, no, uh, maybe you've got to just bounce in there in the suit in the morning and just sort of start laying the foundations. Right. If you're talking to Eddie. Why just, don't I get you in there just with a handful of cash and go, yeah. yeah. Who wants it? Yeah, who wants it? <laughs> well, good luck to you. What, what's your favourite game show uh, ever? Favourite game show? Because I loved Blankety Blanks. I was a huge fan of one that Ugly Dave Gray did called Celebrity Tattletales, where the entire set and many of the panellists were made out of shag pile. Right. <laughs> it was repeat. It was from about 82, and it was repeated okay. about five years ago on Channel 10 at 6 in the morning. Mm. Couldn't follow the rules, but, uh, you know, it was just, you needed... Uh, it's like you can't look directly at the sun. You need no. a piece of smoke glass. You cannot look at that show, the clothes and the set, <laughs> without so sunglasses bright. on. Yeah. Right. But actually rules. I've never really... And it only comes around once every 190 yeah, years. That's right. <laughs> I was a big fan of Celebrity Squares too because it was a gay of noughts and crosses essentially yes, yes. with celebrities. That's right. And there was uh, we had ugly Dave Gray come in once and try and explain that the difference between celebrity squares and personality squares. Oh, yeah. I think there was further to climb to get to the Absolutely top square right, yeah. on personality squares. You needed oxygen. To get and, up and he was great on those shows because yeah. he would always leave his box yeah. and go into somebody else's. He else was. Yeah. Anarchy. Anarchy. He would. <laughs> hey, look, uh, we were going to talk about... Absolute anarchy. We were supposed to talk about bad tats here. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do that next? Sure. If you've got one of them breakers, uh-huh. let's have some uh, messages and we'll be back in a moment to get this. Get this. That's just not the way to go. And there's got to be peer pressure. There's got to be someone to say, 
you just crossed this shocking line. Brought to you by Nissan Navara. Huge pulling power. Let's get this around the nation on Triple M. Lawrence Mooney is with us. This is the music he likes to put on in the boudoir. Yes, he's game show bad. And I come in uh, wearing a collar and tie, a suit <laughs> jacket and no pants. Oh, yeah. And, if and say, uh, hey, lovely lady, would you like to go to the gift shop? Ow. <laughs> and when mm. things go badly, you hear... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're not talking bow, about bow. that. We're not talking about that. We're talking bad tats because this bloke uh, in Geelong... Now he's he must... really done a good job, this guy. Yeah, he, he got a tattoo and... Uh, it he all... got it in Thailand tone, which yeah. is always a bad idea. So you I only reckon. go to Thailand for surgery. Yeah. That's, all, that's <laughs> right. what I know about it. You only go there for the cheap surgery and... You know, it just uh, and the beach is Richard, yeah. and to see Thailand, the, the, to enjoy the temples. Oh, of yes, it's wonderful. not it's not all gender reassignment. No, absolutely <laughs> right. You can go up to Chiang Rai and hang out. <laughs> Chiang Mai, no, oh, Chiang Rai. It's further north from Chiang Mai. Right, really? It's, it's, it's right up the road. Oh, oh. you know, I okay. had a friend who went to Thailand yeah. and got one of those henna tattoos, mm-hmm. and then after the henna wore off, there was just a weird scar there in the shape of the tattoo. It was like a rash, an infection, right, in the shape of a dragon. Okay, pretty good. Now yeah, this okay. bloke, uh, if what we got did a, he get? We got a clip from the news. Just play that first, Richard. The man who wants hey, to remain anonymous wrote instructions to proudly display his allegiance on his shoulder. After 15 beers, he realised ah. the Phuket artist took him literally. Mm. I can't believe he wrote right arm. It was just to tell him what what I wanted on the arms. A suspicious spelling mistake, only adding it's to the embarrassment. Didn't I say to say gay premiers instead of gay. Okay, so firstly he said, he's obviously done a picture for the guy. He's gone right arm, put this. So the guy's tattooed yeah. the phrase right arm. <laughs> then well, it's, it's accurate. What's it meant to say? Uh, it's meant to say Night Premiers 2006. <laughs> and then on the other arm, to distinguish from the fact that they won the Night Premiership yes. last year, he's put Day Premiers 2007. But the guy's written Gay Premiers. Gay Premiers. And then what nobody's pointed out <laughs> is... It looks, They're gay. It looks to me like it's just Geelong. Like yeah. The second G in Geelong doesn't seem to be Well, there. he's taken the G off Geelong and put it on Day Premiers. <laughs> so... Gay. That is a tat gone wrong. I reckon if they've misspelt Jalon and written gay on your arm tone, I don't reckon Jalon's your first <laughs> port of call. No. You know, not even the first thing you're complaining about. But wasn't, uh, didn't Johnny Depp have a tattoo of yeah. Winona Forever? Yeah. And, and then he changed it to Wine Forever? Wine. Wine. Wine Forever. Very nice, nicely done. No, that's not good. No. Well, that's it, always a bit shit. And, funny. and what's more, your ex girlfriend knows that it used to say something else. Yeah, and she'll right. always be a little bit angry. And then, well, we've heard about Warwick Kappa, who keeps dating women with the same name. Joanne. So that it'll match the Joanne tattoo he's got. Mm, that's right. not a bad one. Do you, you don't have any tattoos, do you? I've got some like Joanne. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on, here we go. Oh, wow. Taking my shirt off. Dirty on. There you go. Oh, What's on the back? oh, what have we got? That, can you describe what you see, Ed? Uh, well, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Don't bring it. Don't bring it close. Don't bring it closer. Oh, he's rubbing on me. Okay, it's a goose. Uh, it's a. It's a cormorant. Oh, it's a cormorant. It's a cormorant on a uh, on a lollipop uh, for the Liverpool sign, and then on the left hand side, it's a. Uh, well, it says gay premiers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Moon Man. It's actually a, no. It's a lovely little. It's tree. a lizard in a tree. It means. Uh, oh. Fortitude and prosperity. How do you go when you go into the tad parlour and say, just a cormorant, mate? <laughs> um, They're across the cormorant story, are they? Well, the the tattoo parlour that I went into, uh, there's strict no drinking. See, this man's had 15 beers. Yeah, that's and he's right. in Thailand. And uh, strictly no drinking or drugs of any sort. Right. 
not even, you know, lighting up a cheeky spliff and... Uh, <laughs> oh, not even. Not even. <laughs> and uh, through the window that I was sitting in getting my tattoos, there was a woman uh, getting the full Japanese, you know, samurai warrior with oh, the yeah. cloak. Yep. Uh, it was already outlined on her back and they were cl- colouring oh. it in red and, and blue and uh, she had to have her top off. So occasionally okay. she'd turn around to get a drink of water and I'd see a bit of boob. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes. So Lee, end comes in tomorrow, covered in tats. <laughs> the illustrated man tomorrow. Uh, now, last time we did this, I think the segment was called Justify Your Tats, and Ed and Richard Uh-oh. tried to <laughs> sing a live theme. How did that turn out? Waiting. Oh, God. Belching. Mm. Yep. Wanting. Yep. <laughs> For you to justify your tats. Your tats. Okay, I don't think we ever need to hear that again, Lawrence. Yeah. I should apologise for the word <laughs> felching. I it, was I, a bet. I, it was a bet from George McEncrow. I was going to say, was that belching? He was. He got $100 worth of free food out of that yeah. song. What does felching mean? Uh, we no don't idea. need to know in this time slot. Listeners, <laughs> give us a call. Tell us about your tat gone wrong or one that you've seen or heard about or no. We'll accept anything. One triple three five three. to be the Bloodhound Gang here and get this around the nation on Triple M. Lawrence Mooney is with us. And I just want to mention quickly that uh, our band of the year, Root. Oh, yes. Great Australian band. Wow. Not made up. This is a real band. Go to their uh, MySpace page, MySpace forward slash Root the Music. Mm -hmm. The album, Root supposed he was out of the question, is finally here. We'll be talking about it on tomorrow's show. I want to sizzle that up. Okay. It's our album of the year. It's wonderful. What's the name of it? Root. Yeah. Supposed to, he was, uh, See, it's a real album, Lawrence. I'm not. It, no, it's good. It's a, it's got a picture on the front of two ladies <laughs> looking at a uh, cowboy, yeah. and uh, they seem like fine ladies. It's too. enigmatic. Mm. We'll get to that tomorrow. But today we're saying who's got a bad tat? Ed Cavalier. G'day, Ash. How you going, gents? Excellent. What do you got? Uh, yeah, when I was in the army, uh, a couple of boys uh, got a few tattoos, as you do. Yep. yep. And we've taken a picture in of. Um, the kangaroo was a symbol of our unit. A kangaroo with two cross swords and a crown. Fantastic. We told the bloke, just um, put some balls on that kangaroo, mate, and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and How big were they? Oh, fair oh, uh, size. No, real, what? Life size? Fair size. Fair oh, size. Fair size. Fair size. Are we talking Buster Gonad size or? <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, the elephant titus of the, you know what? There you go, Ash. Well cleaned up. <laughs> and it lasts forever. Okay, that's a tech. <laughs> Thanks, Ash. Wrong. I'd love to see that on the 50 cent coin. Actually. Oh, that'd be lovely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who else has got one? G'day, Sean. How you going, mate? Excellent. What happened with your tat? Um, it's not me. It's this bloke on you. And oh, you yeah. got a tat, and it took about five years for anyone to really take, pay any attention to it. It's this big tribal thing across his back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, we're all sitting around one day at the pub, and in the corner of it, I noticed something, and I said to him, you know, what's that on the end of your spiral there? And everyone sort of gathered around, had a look, and the tattoo artist had drawn a penis at the end of one of his spirals and coloured it in. Oh, and it took five years for that to get noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I just think that... You know, Lawrence, if someone drew a penis on you, you'd notice it in quicker than five years. I, you know, I think that's what was funny about it. We were a bit surprised. <laughs> not, not a man's back. You know, why don't we just stick to the upholstery of public transport for penises? <laughs> and Richard Marsden's page on Wikipedia. Thank right. you, Sean. All right, that's the time, Bob. Good on you, mate. Who else has got one? G'day, Steve. Afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, some years back, uh, I was walking down one of Melbourne's more fashionable streets, mm-hmm. and I saw a bloke approaching me who had the homemade tat across oh, yes. his forehead, <laughs> red guns and roses. Wow, oh, the homemade tat. Now, what I loved about that, 
is that uh, given it was on his forehead, I figured the only way he would ever actually see it would be in the mirror mm-hmm. when it would read, Caesar in Snug. Caesar in Snug. <laughs> Beautiful. Back to front. Are we having to sign off? Are we running that late today? That's Thank right. you, sir. Thanks to everyone who had Thanks, a tackle. Thanks, guys. Is that it? Thank you, Lawrence Mooney. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for Thanks, this great institution that has been, get this, oh, it's good luck with your future endeavours. And thank you for being such a great part of it. Don't forget the Mooney car still in the archive. Yeah. Do we even have time for a key phrase? Oh, yeah, you got a bit of time. Bit of time? Yeah. Okay, what have you got for a key phrase, Mr. Marsler? Oh, no. Oh, God. No, no. I think we need to get out of here. Thank you, Richard. Justify your tats. Oh, ouch. Where are you when we need you? We'll be back tomorrow with both Tom Gleisner and Santo Chilaro. What a treat, and it's all thanks to the Nissan Navarre. Why are you pointing at a drawing of a scrotum, Lawrence Mooney? That's because it's a penis written drawn on the page, not a man's back. Okay, that makes sense. Mariner. Mariana. Be in the mirror mm-hmm. when it would read Caesar in Snug. Caesar in Snug. Beautiful. Back to front. Are we having to sign off? Are we running yes. that late today? That's Thank right. you, sir. Thanks to everyone who had a tackle. Thanks, guys. Is that it? Thank you, Lawrence Mooney. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for Thanks, this great institution that has been, get this, oh, it's good luck with your future endeavours. And thank you for being such a great part of it. Don't forget the Mooney car still in the archive. Do yeah. we even have time for a key phrase? Oh, yeah, you've got a bit of time. Bit of time? Yeah. Okay, what have you got for a key phrase, yeah, Mr. Marsler? Dating. Oh, no. <laughs> God. Belching. Whoa, no, no. no. I think we need to get out of here. Thank you, Richard. Justify your tats. Oh, ouch. Auto tunes. Where are you when we need you? <laughs> We'll be back tomorrow with both Tom Gleisner and Santo Chilaro. What a treat, and it's all thanks to the Nissan Navarre. Why are you pointing at a drawing of a scrotum, Lawrence Mooney? That's because it's a penis written drawn on the page, not a man's back. Okay, that makes sense. Mariner. Mariana.